Alright, here we go. No, please no. I would probably try to take over the world. I heard so many gunshots in the park right behind my house. Nate, do you want more bread? Oh, yes. It's my favorite carbohydrate. But that was cute. That's the dirty side. There's There are two blue wizards, one white wizard, one gray wizard, and one brown wizard. <laughs> Keep making old game references. Hello and welcome to the Emotive Pixels podcast for the episode Middle Earth, The Shadow of Mordor. Before we start, please be aware that all of our podcasts are extremely spoiler heavy, although we will try not to spoil other media besides uh, Shadow of Mordor. We're going to start by giving our names and giving the character in the Lord of the Rings universe that we feel we most identify with. And while I would love to say that I was Aragorn, you know, the kind of suave do anything, shoot everybody. <laughs> I think I'm definitely more like Mary. He's w- really important and really in the story, but nobody knows who the hell that is. So. <laughs> and you are. And to my left is... Wait, oh, I'm sorry. Will Atkinson. That's me. <laughs> and to my left is... Uh, my name is Alberto, and I would probably definitely be Gimli with how much he loves food. Gimli. I'm not short, per se, but... <laughs> I mean... Hey, Mr. You're all right. <laughs> Two meters tall... <laughs> Uh, this is Craig, and uh, I think I'll probably be Sam. Nice. I'd like to be the sidekick, the guy that's just kind of along for the ride. Are you good at gardening? Good at gardening? <laughs> yeah. He was a gardener. <laughs> <laughs> the I don't know man. if I'd go that far. Okay. All right. My name's Nate, and I'm clearly the brown wizard because I have bird poop in my hair right now. My name's Anthony, and I'd probably be Gimli because, <gasps> again, but not because I like food. Okay. But because, but because, like when a situation arises that's kind of crap, I like to complain about it. <laughs> but I'll still do it. I'll still push through and I'll do it. But I want people to know that I'm mad about it. Right. <laughs> so. Okay, and I'm Brian, and I would be Saruman the White what? because what? I would, Almost I would probably try to up. take over the world. And because you betray us, then. and if I oh, failed, boy. I would just go ahead and take over the Shire. Okay. Which actually happens at the end of the books, but they don't show it at the movie. Cool. So I'll start with a quick overview of what happens in the game plot-wise, and then we can just jump off from there wherever we're going. So the main character is Talion. You start hanging out with his wife. There's the whole press A to hug your wife thing, which was super creepy. Yeah, that was weird. Um, I'm trying to introduce stealth by having you sneak up and give her a hug or kiss, whatever. I yeah. thought that was kind of cool, actually. We didn't even know... Did we know she was our wife when that happened? Yes. I mean, okay, okay. Yeah, she I did. think so. so I, think, like, yeah, I think uh, it might have said, like, sneak up and kiss your wife or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought that was cute. I guess it's not press X to pay your respects, but... <laughs> <laughs> and it's a little bit different than most games where it's, like, the first time it's, like, come up and violently murder yeah. this person. Yeah. <laughs> No, that would be the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be doing this a lot, so we're going we're gonna to mix gonna it up a little bit. So you and your family very quickly get massacred and you all die. You're resurrected by a, a spirit elf who eventually you find out is Calabrimbor, the maker of the, the Rings of Power. Over the course of the first little bit, you meet up with some reject ranger who becomes your new best friend. The leader of the outcasts. Yeah. Do we, we, got a very do we ever say his voice. name? I forget his name. Yeah, they I'm say his sure. name. I forget I'm sure it says it, but it's forgettable. They definitely yeah. mention yeah. his name. He says it like 20 times because he talks to him. He's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You, right. know. you spend the first half of the game fighting your way up the ranks to kill the hammer. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> I think that, I'll let you continue, but I think the hammer was the best boss in the game. <laughs> you get recruited by Lethariel, it's, who's the uh, the chick with the dreads. 
Yeah. Nice. Yes. And then who takes her to her mom, who has some strange connection to Calabrimbor, and then you fight your way through the hordes to kill the tower at the end of the game. I feel like... No, the hand. You mean, no, the, the, the tower, then the hand. The hand is the end. There's three. There's the hammer, okay. the tower, the hand. Yeah. The hand of Sauron is the official like boss of the game. He's the one you do the quick time with. So I think we all agreed that the coolest part of this game, playing on the PS4, was the stuff that was coming out of the controller, right, Nate? Yeah, it was awesome. Whooshing! As you, like, murdered things. Yeah. Execution style. Yeah. Those were awesome. Yeah. What did you play it on, Anthony? I also played it on PS4, so... Uh, but I I thought it was a little weird. Wasn't it when you were like loading to you know, and like you'd yeah, be in the loading yeah. screen, it would do like the whisper talk coming yeah. out of the thing. That was a little weird for me because I could never hear it. I yeah. Like, I hope this isn't important because I don't care enough <laughs> right. to hold this up to my ear. No, I'm not gonna do that. And then I did like the little at least points of kind of story that were peppered throughout it that you'd kind of get a little like bit the, like if you're doing the artifacts and stuff like right. that. Yeah. Kind of get the lore the would kind of come through it. Yeah. I feel like that was a better story than the actual story. <laughs> I yeah. agree with that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I didn't find the actual story all that memorable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was fine, but I felt like they were definitely working. I mean, it's tough, right? I imagine working within that license and trying to tell a new story that has to make sure that you're not disrupting any of all that fiction is is really <laughs> tough. <laughs> all right, where were we? We are talking about the story, right? Right. Well, we are talking about how forgettable the story is, I think. I don't know and to Anthony's point about just how kind of difficult to tell a new story within a license where you can't affect anything dramatically that happens thereafter. I mean, you can take two choices. You can either do an expanded universe type thing where you just say, okay, this is either after the Lord of the Rings, which other games have done, or say before The Hobbit or somewhere, and just, okay, do whatever the hell you want in that space. But they chose right between the two, between The Hobbit and between The Lord of the Rings. So it's like, okay, well, these events have happened and these events are to come, so you can't, you, unless you just do something that's not related to the Lord of the Rings, which they did, and they included the Ringmaker and all that stuff, then you're forced into a corner. I saw complaints online that Callum Brimbor wasn't actually even supposed to create them. He was just supposed to help Sauron create them, and like they even took that, did, they yes. took that much license in this game, freaked some people out, and I feel like they definitely had to make something happen in the to have some space to work. Yeah, but to Brian's point also, when he was bringing up the main bosses that you fight towards the end of the game, I had no idea who I was really playing against at that point. Like, I mean, the... the They're all made up. So. Yeah, so, I, well, and even to that, I'm like, all right, it's the next boss in the main, like, quest line, right? But the people that I cared about killing or going up against were all the orcs that you... Yeah, I, I definitely will say the last two bosses, well, I guess the last two major ones, like the tower and the hand, were... Literally the easiest bosses of the entire game. <laughs> I to hated fight. them. Ugh. Really? The, the the tower was just stealth kills. Yeah, stealth train. Yeah. Five stealths, and then the the hand was a quick time event. Like, yeah, that's why I was saying I like the hammer the best. At least you fought him in a real way. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if that game had consisted of just those like that storyline, and there hadn't been a nemesis system, mm. there'd be no point yeah. in playing it. Yeah, like it, it would not be as memorable and as well liked. As it is. Like, no. I think everyone overlooks that because they had so much fun with the Nemesis system and telling their yeah. own stories. Okay, some, like somebody yeah. explained to me. Uh, like, maybe I just killed too many of them, like, to understand. But besides the, the 
kind of got the nemesis system, but then kind of like, I think I'm missing something because maybe I started, I, I killed like all the orcs in the first half of the game. And then when you get to the branding part, I pretty much had every orc branded, you know, all the captains, all the war chiefs. So I think I didn't get the, like what I've heard some people say like, oh, the nemesis system, you get this guy. And then when he becomes, you know, like then he works his way up and then he becomes, and I, I, don't, I don't know. I just think I missed something. Yeah, I feel like if you brand everyone is a way to do it. But if you want, you can like put your own little political machinations in a lot more. Like, uh, like you can brand a lower captain, figure yeah. out who's his leader, and then you can command him to go and assault that guy. Right. Or, or one of my favorite things was if you get a war chief and uh, you get that war chief and all of his captains and they're branded, and then you go and brand the enemy war chief, all his captains, but not him. Then you could tell your war chief to go to war with that war chief and he they'd all show up with their captains to fight and then he'd be by himself and all of his captains and all of your captains would all turn on him at once yeah. Yeah. and it was a little bit more satisfying because you just watch yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and i would do that simply because i could kill him that way i could have branded him as well but it was more fun to watch him get killed i think the best yeah. part at that point is then you have one button to just kill the entire field yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah did a lot of us do a lot of that or did i was really invested in being the one who killed the people i didn't do a lot of the like setups or exotic things like that did we that's why you died so often oh i died a lot especially <laughs> the beginning so but then i got not bad that's a really good question then uh, going back to how often did you die brian like, I don't think you really understand the power Never. of the nemesis system yeah, until you start to die, and then you watch everyone else okay. get powered well, up, I, and you're I mean, like, what the... I play, you know, like, these open-world games where you have, like, you know, objectives, and you go to each objective, and then you start your mission. I just always do, like, all the side stuff first, and then I play the main missions, like, at the end. So, by the time I got to the main missions, and I was doing all this stuff, and I was... Even by the time I got to the branding part of it, I completed everything else. So, I was, like, super strong by that point, and I was just... I was doing the... You know, the, what do you call it? The, the jump over the guy, stun, the stun. him. Uh, fury do, kill. Like, fury kill. The fury kill. And then I had, awesome. like, you know, two executions. Or By the time I got to the one uh, one mission, the two brands. And then I would be just, like, I'd have, like, a whole army of people around me. And just actually what Anthony was saying, I would just have them kill everybody else. You know? So I would just sit back with my arms over my head. Yeah. I mean, I found that it was better to sit there and brand people anyways just because... It was a lot more convenient in the second half because you'd constantly run into them, or they'd find you if it was someone like that's a common mechanic too in the nemesis system, which is like if you kill someone but you didn't chop their head off, there's always a chance they'll come back. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah I did. Okay, oh. so and if they come back, that's why they'll come back with like a scar on their face yeah, or something I like some, that. Sometimes Whoa. I heard messages I did not like know that. that the, that the makes orc chief would say like, more sense. "Oh, you thought you killed me, but." Yeah, no, I'm back you I'm have gonna, to behead them, yeah. which yeah. means you have to time the kill exactly right if you want them to be permanently dead. Yeah, oh, so. I yeah, I did get there that. was logic in that. Like That's especially awesome. for like the people that like the captains could uh, be instantly killed with like a range shot or a stealth kill. Like those often came back for me because I would do that, and then it's like, oh, yeah, hmm, I did love the. You'd be working your way up to some badass war chief, and you'd done all this, um, you know. Minutes and minutes, or half hours worth of preparation, you finally get to the guy, and then, like, you knock over some bees, and he runs the hell away. Like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that did feel a little bit funny, but I, I do think, though, that it was cool that, that they did add the respawn mechanic for them, because it actually made it so that, yes, you could do the one-hit stealth kills or something like that, or you could even have a warg kill them, right. but it wouldn't be a permanent death. So that's why it was almost less worth it than you'd... It kind of compelled you to actually engage them or to do a branding, mm -hmm. one of the way. 
Yeah, I think it did a good job at making sure you didn't do just one thing the whole game, which I think is cool. Yeah. So why was Smeagol, Precious, what's his name? Gollum. Uh, why the hell was he in this game? I think he was in the game... Surface. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just, he was in the game, yeah, just to basically... People know him, people love the, the little, you know, crazy creature from the world. So it was just kind of forced in there, yeah. I thought it was completely, like... Did he? Did his plot get resolved or anything, or did he no. just show up for a while, his get to the secondary, was, never appeared was, again? Oh, he has a connection with um, Calabrimbor because he's the ringmaker, and he wants. You know, he he used to be a hobbit who found the ring and then got you know demented because of it. So he you know he has a connection with him, and his whole purpose is he leads Talion slash Calabrimbor to all of Calabrimbor's old artifacts because he knows where they are. Yeah. Kind of just self, felt forced. It was a hundred percent forced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's because they were like, oh, we could invent a new character that would do the same thing for you, or we could make one that exists, especially one that they needed to move through the environments that they made the way they did, because yeah. he had to like like basically monkey through it, and that's kind of how Gollum naturally moves. Yeah. But it was obviously mostly fan service, because they were like, oh, what, yeah. o- what other characters could we bring in? We could bring in uh, whatever Trog place, or whatever, some orc that's in the books, and it's like, no one knows who that is, right? <laughs> so they just like, we're not going to worry about that. Especially with the level of engagement that most people have with Lord of the Rings. I mean, with the current generation of people that are probably playing the game, it's probably people that have seen the movie more than read the books. At least yeah. I would oh, yeah. yeah. So. Sure. so, I mean, you bring in someone like Gollum, and Gollum already being kind of a CG character in the movies, although Andy Circus, but making that transition into games, you don't have to worry about it being this weird, awkward thing of trying to force Aragon into it or something like that, where you have some expectation of some character being played yeah i think for me and we talked about this on one of our last podcasts i try to overthink it right so for me when he showed up i was like okay now where does he fit in this story how does this make it all fit and so i spent more time thinking trying to rationalize it than you know probably should just take a breath take a step back like whatever yeah the word you're looking for is to have fun yeah in the beginning i'm still not even sure i quite understood how like uh Kelbrim door gets why he's tied to you. It's like the way they tried to kill you or something united him to some you. Some blood spell. Or yeah, something. yeah. He did some kind of like blood ritual or something. Why would you do that? Dumb question. At the beginning, when you were like flashing back between real life and the underworld, was there any reason for that, or was that just a random like mechanic? I think it's that they're trying to figure out how they were gonna <laughs> get the idea of tying this dead dude to you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like you were. I wasn't like, sure some, if like, there was like a. Like, I think were, like, was it a flashback? No, I think it was like almost like you're in some like middle phase between life. Well, and that's death what it is. Like, it's the, it's like the ring wraith. Yeah, you had to die okay. so that he could take your body to get him back to the land of the living, Calabrimbor. Right. So they had to kill you, but it was like some kind of ritual, and then he was allowed to t- attach himself to you. Right, but yeah, you're like my son, and then all of a sudden, you're in the so other I, which I, is the way they do it at the end, then, where, where exactly. the hand kills himself so that Sauron can attach himself to the hand, oh, okay. and that's why you're technically fighting Sauron. But, uh, yeah, like I got it. Okay, now now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, but yeah, again, it seems like like Anthony was saying they just forced a lot of story just around the Nemesis system, and if they'd taken the Nemesis system to something else, it almost would have been, you know, better. But you know. Speaking of which, did anybody touch it on the old systems? No. no. I and I heard, I, I, I don't think there is a nemesis system in the old ones. That's what I heard. I'm yeah, like, how fair. could this game even work without it? I don't think it would. So what, the nemesis system, everything would be like pre-programmed, preset, rather than generated? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think so yeah. okay. And I think this game, I mean, it's amazing in a way that this game even came out, because Monolith has had such a weird, like, 
history and they made the fear games and then i think this game from things i've heard was like you know started off as not a lord of the rings game yeah and because i think it was a i want to say i'd heard it was a batman game and they were like being tasked with making a batman game because they wanted to like get the the pacing of batman games to come out every year almost like the way they do call of duty have two have two studios doing it so they could hit yearly and then eventually they were like no we're not going to make it a batman game now make it a lord of the rings thing and they're like okay how this feels exactly like Like the arkham games like the first thing i I started playing in the way you're like you know you you your combat is i'm like wow this is batman this is arkham and that's the same thing with even uh like a lot of their other games have that same sort of thing and it's because the dudes that worked at rocksteady took over as the creative directors of all warner brothers games like after Hmm. batman so they kind of put that's why even tomb raider and stuff like that has like little or not Tomb Raider. I'm thinking of a uh, fuck another Idis game. That's an Idis game, not a Warner Brothers. But there's another game that Warner Brothers makes that has the same sort of combat system in it. But it's that same sort of thing. They, they're it's always their influence kind of coming in. Well, The Witcher, right? Uh, no, The Witcher's no, no, no. CD Project's completely. Yeah. Oh, that's true. They're fully independent Polish dudes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, another thing I think you missed out with too when you did the uh, Nemesis system the way that you did is that the whole point of, like, killing certain ones and not branding them and letting them kill... Like, you could even purposefully brand your guy that's weak and then send him against a guy that's unbranded that you know he'll lose to intentionally because then the guy that you didn't brand levels up and the reason you want to do that is because then he'll get... Eventually, when you do decide to kill him, he'll drop a more powerful rune. Yeah. You can basically basically cultivate runes for yourself what i would do is i would i would uh death threat them and then i would get the chance at like the epic okay or like yeah i would let them like uh just keep getting you know more powerful yeah and then okay so i guess maybe they i'm I'm saying that you didn't get that chance but that's right they did put in things to kind of cater to you as well no i mean it's very interesting because i'm glad to i mean like i did get all the things i got all the achievements so like i got the level 25 rune i got a bunch of epic but like i still (laughs) i've gotten close i still just actually i got the level 25 really early that was like i got that in the first half of the game i got it like my first war chief or something i guess the um, piece that's missing to that is just interesting because i people you know i I don't think i got the full effect of the nemesis what level power was that word or that guy do you remember I don't remember. It was For, to get the level it was 25 like four. Room, yeah. something it's stupid. level 21, I think is what it okay, was. Okay, that was going to be my other question. If there was a level past 20, because every time that I leveled someone, or like put a death threat on like one of the war chiefs, they'd get to level 20, and then even if I died, they wouldn't go up any higher, which I was like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a very specific way in which you have to do it to be able to get it to okay. be a level 25. Cause I guess I must have just purely locked into it. Cause, yeah. Like I said, my first war chief that I killed, I, I got it. So. I think you have to kill pe- them using like the fear or whatever they're afraid of. Oh, no, of I didn't do that. I didn't use the fear. Yeah, most of the time, all their abilities, like what they're afraid of, all this stuff was generally didn't bother me unless it was they're invulnerable to yeah. uh, being leaped over. Like, yeah. if you yeah. can't leap over them and they could throw you to the ground, it made them, like, infinitely more difficult yes. at that point. That Agreed. was the best. Whatever he says, he's like, what, you don't, yeah, the jumping why are you trying that on me? Yeah, yeah and he just throws you to the ground. I know that one. I think the piece that's missing with that whole, with building the runes is I didn't think the runes were useful at all. <gasps> What? Yeah, what? I, Wait, I barely what? paid attention yeah, to him. I just what? slotted in whatever was the highest level. Like I didn't honestly. I would look at it. I'm like, oh, what? that's interesting. That's kind of a nice bonus of a couple percentage. It's yeah, like I just at the end, it's like, like, oh, you got three percent more for fi- attack damage. Like the, uh, the oh, okay. plus fifteen health on a flurry kill was like 
the thing that Health turned things the game. were the best ones. Yes. Yes. I was yes. like, this game is now fun and less difficult. Health and stealth kills, yeah, health and fury good. kills. Health, and health, health. If yeah. it was health, that's all I took. Because <laughs> yeah. then you could take on like 40 dudes at once. Yeah. And yeah. you could just Absolutely. go indefinitely. And there was a, definitely a mission where you have to take on like 50 dudes in a yep. row. I was like, dang. Oh, yeah. speaking of, Felt like the crazy 88. Speaking of things not used. Um, so there was the special, um, there was the three like ultimate moves that you, like the cost I think like 2500 yeah. Oh, yes. That's right. I yes. At I the bottom of the tree. The, the the sword one once just to see what it did and I don't think I used them the rest of the Are game. Are you serious? Failed. After I did I all, them all the time. Yeah. I was just yeah. like yeah. am I miss you know like, the like arrow, I don't need them. <laughs> I I, I, I like, I'm just I'm too good at this game yeah. to need this garbage. Well, I seriously all you gotta do is just jump leap over the guy and then stuns him. Fury that, kill him in five hits. Doesn't yeah. that get and a little then, repetitive? And then does, execute two dudes yeah, and then execute, move on do yeah. the same thing. I did the same thing. And it was repetitive, yeah. Yeah. But I it was, was so like, fun. This was so easy. Like, like, so on, I had upgraded the sword one earlier on, and then right before going towards fighting against the Tower of Mordor, I had gotten the arrow one, and that actually made that like that like first wave of people that you fight with the War Chiefs basically took no time whatsoever. I activated it, got rid of like half of the people before they even started moving really because I just burned them, and I was like, okay, this is awesome. <laughs> Oh, I think I just used my branded guys to kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Can I talk about my experience beta testing this game, or is that yeah. not kosher? Oh, really? You yes, he did. Uh, my friend got me into WB playtesting, and they brought me over. It was the first time I'd ever done playtesting in my life. Um, so I walked in. It was like 5 o'clock on a Thursday, I think, or maybe even a Friday. So I walk over in Kirkland, and I walk in. And I'm like, okay, just fill out this paperwork. And I fill out the paperwork. And then uh, they're like, okay, we're ready for you. Step into the boardroom. I was like... Okay, so I step into the boardroom and they have me sit at the head of a giant U-shaped conference table and the entire develop, uh, not the like entire team. Like by yourself with the, by with, myself, with the team coming in to talk to with you? With the team lead came in and talked to me and they're like, okay, we're going to give you a presentation about this game. And I was like, I don't feel like I know how testing works. <laughs> like, <laughs> like at all. And so the lead gameplay designer was like talking to me about the game. They're describing it. They had like people up there playing it. And they're like, so, and I, and I was like halfway through, I was like, I've got to be a guinea pig for something. And I think GDC was coming up or some other big show that they were. So they were, they were testing out the rehearsing their, that they'd be showing. Yeah, they were, they were like practicing that. And I was like, but for the first half, I was like, why am I here? What is happening? Yeah. Do they know well, that I'm a nobody? I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say you were getting like, that's like what typical like press meetups are like. Yeah. Right? We're going to give you a presentation, then you'll get to play. Yeah. And then we'll figure out how you feel about it, it was, afterwards. It was really interesting. Yeah, I felt exactly like I was in the press. And then when I went in, then they had me test afterwards. But before I did that, they asked a lot of questions about the presentation and what wasn't clear and stuff like that. And that's when I was really like, okay, so this is definitely gearing up for a press event. Or yeah, you basically like that. probably, that's exactly what it yeah. was. He was practicing what he was going to do for yeah. people at GDC. And then when I was trying to get my roommate uh, to play the game, I ended up looking up Polygon's like... I just looked up Polygon Review, and it was definitely like they sat down with the lead gameplay designer, and they had the same exact speech. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, was, I, I saw that. That's <laughs> uh, so that was interesting. I was reading one of the postmortems that was being done with one of the game directors, and I think it was on Gama Sutra, but they were talking about uh, one of the successes that they had was throughout the entire development process, or at least towards the end of it, they were pretty much making sure that they always had a playable build within three months. So like every three months they had a goal to have some sort of a playable section of the game. So That's instead very of having agile like, focused. Yeah, exactly. So having like a vertical slice of something that they can play so they can know how long it takes to actually reach the 
quality that they want for shipping. And I was like, that's actually yeah, it's, it's cool. crazy though. That game, I mean, that game was in production for like four years yeah. or something like that. Yeah, again, going through transitions of yeah. what it was going to be and stuff like that. But right. I mean, I can't imagine like, I mean, I have no insight into this, but it wouldn't surprise me had that game failed that Monolith would have closed or something like that. I'm you know sure. what I mean? Like, because they haven't put out a game in a while and then they're trying to like, you know, it's like they're making fear games and fear games weren't doing that great. So WB's like, here's a licensed IP, make a licensed IP, something awesome. You should sell because it's a licensed IP. And if like, if that fails, well then it's kind of like a Hail Mary pass. And so yeah. it's good for them that it, it worked out that yeah. way. I still don't know really how well it sold. Um, it's, I mean, we all bought it, but right. I mean, I don't know, you know, everyone keeps talking about it, but it's still like, I feel like it's a hard sell a Lord of the Rings game that doesn't even say Lord of the Rings on it. It's just yeah. like Shadow of Mordor, and you're yeah. like, what's that? And it has some dude with glowing eyes on the cover. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. If you're not in the know, I feel like in the store, that's a kind of a hard sell. Oh, yeah. so I actually went into it. Lord of the Rings actually put me off from it. I was like, there's so much behind that IP and the lore of it, and I'm like, I'm not well-versed in this. And it was, I actually didn't pick it up until after probably a couple weeks after it came out just because I was waiting to see either let's play videos or some of the video reviews and stuff like that just to try and understand more of what it was and i'm like all right once i don't I, think i would have picked it if, up if it weren't for rebel fm and giant bomb they the glowing reviews that those guys were yeah exactly just... i wouldn't have picked it up either if i hadn't heard good things yeah like yeah. It just, i don't know because to me i i don't like assassin's creed games yeah. and uh it looked very much like lord of the rings i mean and to it some degree it is right like it definitely pulls a lot in it. i mean yeah. literally you do the jump down from buildings on yeah. and stuff like that like, I, yeah. as i was playing it i was kept saying to myself this is just a mash of arkham and assassin's creed sure. they took <laughs> yeah it definitely is like uh and and but to me the thing i think that i liked about it was I don't like it. Took out all the crap that I hate in Assassin's Creed, which yeah. is like yeah. I don't like doing follow missions, like where you're uh, like, oh, I just have to does. stay out of sight, you know. Yeah. Oh. And I don't like doing like blend in with pedestrians and stuff like that. Like all the stealth elements that a lot of people really like. That's not me. Like I do like to play a little bit stealthy, but then I like to get incredibly violent. Yeah. yeah, totally. And that's and that in yep. this game is like here's the totally. tools to make you if you want to <sighs> be stealthy, you can figure out all their weaknesses, or you can just drop in surprise them and just like i loved like it was like there would be a hive of bees and then you're like you could use the bees or you could just jump in right next to them and be like haha i'm here and then they'd all freak <laughs> out and you just murder them yeah you know, like that's the best yeah so okay. yeah so my experience with this was um i just kind of picked it up wasn't really sure what to do with it i kind of did it. the same thing that brian did and just destroyed the nemesis system and got to, and the story kind of all funneled to that the first boss and at that point I was thinking man if this is all the game is I don't know what people were talking about and it kind of felt like the entire game had come to a head I killed the first boss and thank goodness they opened up a whole second part of the game yeah if, yeah. if yeah. it weren't for that I, I I was really worried about what this was yeah I, I, there are a couple things that like a like I thought the side missions that it had were like okay like I was yeah, I, yeah. I, I ended up skipping a bunch of them like I didn't do the arrow challenges and stuff like that just because I didn't find that interesting at all. Um, one of the things I think they definitely underutilized, in my opinion, is that uh, the animal stuff, like, you could ride them, yeah. but it was always an option, and I feel like it felt really cool to ride animals, but you always, like, I don't know, there was, like, a disconnect for me in the sense that you'd get on this, well, whatever they're called, I want to call them wargs. Caragor, I want to call them wargs. Okay, Caragors. And then you would leave them. There was, like, I think there was maybe... Maybe it's just me from like playing, 
you know, other games where you have your own mount, but I wanted like a mount that was distinctly mine rather than this thing that was yeah. something I called upon and just unleashed and let it get killed. Yeah. Um, or accidentally kill it or, yourself, like I did a couple of times. Oh, I, like, I sure. didn't want to kill it? Okay. Yeah. Or, and I also think Sorry. that, like, the to, to extend on that too, like, they give you the eventual ability to ride trolls. But it's that so far, it's so far sooner. in the game that I'm like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, I, w- yeah. I would have wanted to have, like, that sort of Hulk outrage thing. Like, I don't know if you guys ever played Red Faction Guerrilla. Yes. But Red Faction Guerrilla, they had really cool missions where you could get into a yes. mech suit and go on a raging. Like, and they, they spaced those out. And I felt like you pretty much only did the troll thing, like, once. Yeah. And it would have been cool, even if it was, like, a few times. Like, I just felt like it was such a cool thing that they, they barely used. Yeah. I was thinking back to even just I wish playing, like, Infamous earlier this year. And I don't know if I should spoil it, but... No. Eh, all right, well, spoiler warning. Nice. Um, right as you get to the end of the game, and then after you beat the boss, you unlock the new power, the cement power. And I'm like, <sighs> I have nothing left to do. Like, I've played it in the way that Brian has. That's for people like, that... Wa- oh, oh, I was going to say, that's for people like me who haven't done any of the side stuff yet. Exactly. Now you have a new power to go tool around the city in and I was like, well, but I was thinking the exact thing. As soon as they open up the orc and I'm like, there's not really, there's I don't know if there's going to be another opportunity for this and I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm now 20 plus hours into the game. I really wish the Karagors had a health bar. They do. Oh yeah, they, do, do they? they? They do. Yeah. Wow. If like when you when you write it, or are you talking about when you're writing it? When or? you're writing it. Yeah. yeah. When, yeah, yeah like, like when you're writing it, the there's your health, you and then there's another it. one right uh, next to yours. And so as like there's a smaller than yours, but you can see like that's them. awesome. Okay. Cool. I guess yeah. maybe that speaks to the UI though. It's like no, where, it's where are your eyes drawn to, yeah. right? Like the only reason why I saw it was because like I was on a Karagor and I used the drain to replenish my arrows. Bottom left, right? Huh? The bottom left, you could see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, that's what draw my like after I used drain on it, I saw like the little bit of like the white go down. I was like, oh, oh, sorry, I just kind of killed you. My bad. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I have a dog or whatever, but the fact that it was like it's mine, it's my friend now, and then I'm gonna steal your soul. I felt so bad about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They definitely wanted to try and play up. I feel like a little bit of that. Do you want to play as like a more evil guy, or do you want to play as a more good guy? Like a little bit. Yeah. But it ne- that was really surface. Yeah. Like no matter what, you were still a good guy. But there was a little bit of the option of like, like when you take an orc, do you just like suck his life soul out? Which I never did. Right. Like I would never do that. I'd always just chop off their head or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just felt like I. I think maybe it's interesting that they did try and like humanize the orcs in a little bit in the sense that when you would capture them you'd get their really scared face yeah and you almost feel a little sorry for them because they're like <laughs> freaking out but you're like i don't know but you're an orc so you don't even matter <laughs> right <laughs> on that note i loved Ratbag. Ratbag is pretty oh, funny. Yeah. I think they actually did a really Come good job on. with his. Well, that was just the only bit of personality in the game. <laughs> yeah, the, the other orcs. Yeah, the other orcs were all pretty much no, very yeah. stereotypical. Ratbag was the only one with any sort of cunning. Yeah, right. So. I just like how they killed him, and he's like, "Oh, Ratbag War Chief is here," and then the hammer's just like looks at him and just like knocks him away. Yeah, and kills his, him. his death was really just like, "Oh, oh okay, he's gone." Womp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did, uh, the, obviously one of the things that everyone likes though is the fact that they had, I mean, like I'm sure some some programmers spent a long time on it too, whatever their procedural naming system was. Yeah. Yeah. But then also translated into like audio chants and stuff like Those that. Those chants were incredible. Yeah. Were. I was going to say, when you had like the framing of the War Chief kind of showing up and it almost, I thought it felt like a pro wrestling entrance or something oh, yeah. like that. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you have like the camera drawn to him and then you hear the chant of the name and I'm yeah. like, 
all right, this it made it feel like something special. Yeah, I thought I all the little got, touches in that game were really yeah, cool. So like I, when you zoom in on him and it's got like the faded like a like a vignette going on and the camera's like shaking a little and bit. And it says his name just in a ro- low voice and he's like, like rat bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, wow. I got to imagine all the voice recording you would have had it done to get all I was all just going to the... say I really liked the fact that when you faced these guys, they all, they, you know, like some of them had similar, but most of the, the captains and war chiefs had like their own things to say. to say to you. Like, and it also depended based off how you fought them. Like, One of my favorite if you guys ran away, was like, or if they ran away, they were like, oh, you know, you may have scared me last time, but I'm going to get you this, you know, like, or like, oh, you, you know, you tried to kill me, but now this scar is going to be on you, you know, like, and they had like all these different things that were just like, My really favorite cool. one was when I open my mouth and blow, this whole world comes to its knees. And I was like, <laughs> that doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one of the things about games like this that does get a little tedious at times, like, they want you to feel like you're having an influence on the world, and you do get a bit of that with the Nemesis system. But it, other games maybe like Infamous and stuff, as you start taking over zones, they clear you, up. you clear them out, and now yeah. there's now it's like soldiers aren't there, and the people are cheering you on. Not and this, this one, way. no matter what, you're like, hey, guess what? I saved these slaves, and then I come back ten minutes later, and there's some slaves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it, that was a little bit defeating. Like eventually, yeah. I wouldn't even. I'd see slaves like at first when I started playing. I was like. You see slaves take off running, and you see them being chased down. I was like, oh, I'll save them. But eventually, I was like, oh, well, it doesn't... There was no benefit to it, right? Yeah. yeah. Which just shows that altruism goes out the window, unless <laughs> unless you give, like, an experience bonus or something. Like, if there had been any of that, I guess you get experience for killing the orcs. But I was like, eh. Yeah, yeah. and I think you get yeah. a tiny bit bonus. For a just tiny just bit of liberation. But, yeah. But, yeah. It's like the Penny Arcade you. Dick Wolves. The... Yeah, I mean, I, if you, I need something to make... You need to tell me why I need to be a good guy, or yeah. else I won't be a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> So, Nate, do you want to talk about the female lead? Uh, so, you can play as the woman. Uh, what's her name? Lothriel? Loth... Loth... Something like that. Loth... Wind Waker? Loth... Loth... Not Loth Wind Waker. Okay. Well, the Wind the Waker. You can play the as the girl. Dreads. Um, which I discovered when you go to the play menu, you can go down to, like, select skin. I had no idea that you could do that. And I discovered a... this very early in the game, which, was... is, which is part of what makes the story upsetting. Because I was like, oh, you could play as a female character? That's crazy. So, I pick the woman... So it was added in a post-release content patch. Interesting. It was not part of the game that shipped. It feels like that. And for everyone I've talked to about this has mixed feelings on the matter. I think it's cool that they even tried. But when yeah. you select her skin, no voice acting changes. <laughs> which is somewhat awkward sometimes because she's like, Yeah, absolutely, I'll kill those orcs. <laughs> you know it, I'm Talion. And I'm like, what? You're, you're not... It's not who I am. And in cinematics, it becomes Talion. Like proper Talion, the guy. And then it gets even more confusing when uh, Wind Waker shows up in the actual plot. I was like, well, now yeah, there's just two of me. That just comes off as like sort of catering to that very vocal that minority that would that would be like, oh, there's Assassin's no Creed. female character, right? Or something right. like that. Yeah, but the but at, the same, at the same time, like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with not offering... Uh, additional characters if you're like only if you have a very specific story to tell but like this just comes off as like pandering but it's like so poorly done too that it's almost like why'd you even bother yeah you know like yeah like, i agree that's what i was ta- talking to nate about where i mean the story is built behind your you're a guy who is wife and son were killed before your eyes and like now you're trying to look for revenge and there's no reason to have that female side like they could i mean they could have made the story you're a wife and you're husband and son or whatever sure. get killed then fine but that's not what this was so i'm really torn because i feel like it's good that they added that option but they did such a 
even if they'd made just just another turn skin, off the voice acting and just have subtitles acting. only. <laughs> even just any yeah, that, other skin that wasn't a character that shows up later in the plot. So there's like multiple that's people true. like bouncing around. It's like this cinematic makes absolutely no sense in the context of playing. As well, this Nate, character. here's a question for you. So, so yeah. now that you've done that and you've seen what they did. If somebody was coming new to the game, would you recommend that they and they and they felt like you did, like, oh, you could play as a female character. This is cool. Would you say go ahead and still do that, knowing what you know, or would you say, you know? Well, well I'd ask how invested they were in the story making any sense, because it seems like a lot of people at this table felt like the story made minimal amounts of sense even without. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to well your question. Yeah. Monty. Yeah, this story already is, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I don't think I'd recommend it. But it was. I don't imagine. I guess they did all the animations and stuff. It must have taken a considerable amount of effort. Yeah, or she just is hooked up to the same skeleton. That's so right. Yeah, that's probably yeah. true. Like, sure. so that she could just be literally attached and then it just works. Yeah. yeah. And they already built the skin, obviously, because she's a character in the game. Yeah. So. I think if they just developed one other skin, I would have been sufficiently impressed that I would not. Yeah, even color her hair something it. different or something. Yeah, just <laughs> the simplest thing, yeah. Gosh. Like a retexture. Wow. But, yeah. I'd, so I thought that was pretty funny, but it really became like mm, when she showed up in the plot. Yeah. Well, the fact that it's buried in the menu says everything. This says to me that it was just like someone insisted that they do it, and they're like compromising about it because there's no point to it. Yeah. Well, especially since it was added post-release, it does. It seems pandering. I mean, there was obviously a little a bit. Lot it was the fiasco at that time with Ubisoft, right? Yeah. Or was that before? I don't know. The stuff around Ubisoft started Creed. at E3 of last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Unity back. was E3. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, um, I'm a person of two. I'm of two minds. It's nice to have women in games, obviously, but yeah. do it if you're gonna do it. Do it because it you've found a way to make you it care. that they're not shoehorned in there, that they actually are right, a character yeah. and that they are developed yeah. and not yeah. just like, yeah, fuckers. Yeah. We, we, there's a good, there's, there's <laughs> a girl in there. Of course women in so, our game. Yeah. Your character has boobs now. Cool. Okay. Well, what was the game you were just talking about, Nate, where there's a female lead and somebody was asking, well, I don't know if I want to play this as a guy. One, you one were more just talking about this. My memory is so bad. Episodic game just came out last week. Oh, Life is Strange? Week. Oh, Life oh, is Strange, yeah. yeah. But that I game can't... that game is like... See, it's if, if people would complain about there not being a guy option, like I would say that's stupid too because the game is written to be the perspective Absolutely. of a young girl. Right. And it's like, so if you contextually are making sense of why it has to be a specific gender and character, like mm-hmm. then that's what it needs to be. Like, yeah, and Life is Strange is very much the story of like a, a 14-year-old, what it's like to be a 14-year-old girl. At least that's what it's striving for. Yeah. So... I Absolutely. Like the, I like the way Sunset Overdrive did it, where you could pick either. They had the voice acting for both. Yeah, but the and, whole and story the was written around being ambiguous. And exactly. Like, and that's, like, this that's they, like about your wife. I mean, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, which I guess, or what Anthony was saying, which is if you already have this set, don't just throw this in here if you can't do it right. Yeah, you know? right. Like, yeah, we agree. Both Saints Row, like games like Saints Row, Sunset Overdrive, they're always written with an ambiguous term like Mr. Or they just call him the president. Oh, right. president, president. And that's because that way it's like a gender neutral thing. So they can. Oh, Shepard, like, come on. Exactly. Shepard. Like <laughs> yeah. the fact that they always use Shepard. Yeah. Like yeah. that. That's just planning a strategy from the outset that we, the whole entire story will not matter about your gender. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and that's something you have to do from the outset. Otherwise it feels stupid and forced. So did we want to talk about that stuff that we were talking about? How the, the, the review stuff that went down for it? Yeah, so Warner Brothers chose a company called Plaid Social to do, I guess, the pre-release press distribution. I think you would know a lot more about this than I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember they... that a lot of people didn't get press copies, and I didn't really know why, but now having heard about the fact that they had very strict conditions under which you could talk about it, how you would show it, it's not uncommon that 
there are some conditions presented like nintendo for instance is very infamous about being like about like you you know in this pokemon game or something you can show levels one through two and then and 28 through 31 and nothing in between like they'll do something like that that's very common but to have usually like them be so specific that you have to like have a call to action for the game yeah. that you have to hit. Like if you put up a if video, it must show these features. That's very uncommon. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Um, and uh, one specifically, I think. I mean, we saw that it said they weren't allowed to even mention Lord of the Rings. Any the of Hobbit. the Lord of the Rings. Content. <laughs> that's very interesting. I think that's because there there must have been some internal meeting that was like we need to distance ourselves from the brand. Yeah. Because the last few Lord of the Rings games have gotten a very low Metacritic, and so now we need to space ourselves from that because. You know, Make it more the average consumer there. isn't going to understand that it isn't just the one company stamping out Lord of the Rings games. So they're sure. going to think, all oh, those ones suck, this one will suck too, right? You know, it's just like most people don't know. That you think that's a branding thing or a licensing thing? I, I think, think it, I think it's a, it's a, it was probably a branding thing. Like, well, they have a lot of, they were working really closely with whatever. Oh, yeah. You have, if you work with right? WB, like, yeah, like since they're owned by WB and, and it's owned by, you know, the Tolkien people, like in, I think honestly, like usually, like a lot of that has to go through approval, even of uh, like what's his face as a state. Like yeah, they to- talked about. Yeah, they're working with say every that. single name was approved, every single like bit of script, every bit of yeah, lore, probably it, down to the plans. The token estate, probably. like they had this big fight with w- with Warner Brothers over like the movies um, because they didn't they didn't want half the stuff that went into the movies and the way that they were doing it so yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised if there was some licensing and they tried to distance i mean that's the thing is they're like oh lord of the rings nerds already know that it's a lord of the rings game we don't have to worry about them we got them and they're like but the average person maybe is fatigued of lord of the rings and doesn't understand why it's happening so that's why they don't even it's a shadow of mordor right they don't even put it in the title yeah yeah, it's it's not the lord of the rings shadow of mordor exactly (laughs) they're very much trying to distance themselves with it i think the 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 thing that comes across really alarming in the, learning about that sort of story is that they ask for pre-approval of yeah. stuff, but that is actually surprisingly uncommon. I'll say, you know, really? like yeah, like you know, when you hear about people like that get mad about things, like gamer gay people that want to talk about ethics and stuff, and they're not doing a very good job of it. Like they, there are some things in there that are like ethically questionable to me, and one of them is definitely that I can say firsthand that when I was working on exclusives with. 2k and stuff like that they would have the option to approve or not approve which was fine to a degree because you could say if you disapprove well then we're just not going to do it at all like you know they could come back and say you need to cut this this and this and we're like ah we're just not going to do it at all oh, okay so you always have the option to not do it but uh it's it's very common for them to be like we can't let you show our game if you're not going to show it in the best light possible you know like i had a bug in one of my videos and it was very quickly but they made us cut it out like hmm. or else they weren't going to let us put it up so it is it is a little troublesome to you know that's one of the troublesome realities out there is that these companies and the press outlets including the people that do YouTube stuff they need each other to exist sure. and so they're I think they're still trying to figure out who who really is in control of the relationship yeah and so they're that's this is like one big sway of the pendulum and then maybe the other way will be like the best sort of reaction that you could get to help balance it out would be all these people the next time that company comes to them they'd say we're not going to work with you right and then right companies like wb ubisoft would say okay we're never going to use that company they're too draconian yeah but i mean who knows i don't know because a lot of those youtubers it's, if it's the difference between oh you mean this will get me three hundred thousand page views and i'll get a check this month or not when they don't have a confirmed salary from a company coming in like that's yeah. the nice thing about a polygon or an ign is that those dudes are going to get paid no matter what yeah so it's it's a little tough like 
you know, we like to believe that YouTubers are, are on our side and stuff like that. But they're, it, unlike a, co- a company where there's a sales department and a writing department, there is no disconnect yeah. there. They are their sales department. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. This is a fair point. They're the sales. They're the legal. They're the they're <laughs> yeah. everything, right? Yeah. yeah. They so. write their own ethics policy. Right. But yeah, it is weird that they wanted to distance themselves so much from that when it seems like it should have been like such a cool thing. But yeah, thankfully I never had to do any calls to action with anything I ever did. That's <laughs> <laughs> really interesting. The calls to action are like buy the game, right? Yeah, calls to it's action are like, up, like I think is like reminding people of the day I it comes out and the pre-orders game. are available, you know, yeah. like stuff like that. Go to wb.com to register for information. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah or something. Yeah. Or, you know, click the link below because I've put it in my info, so. <laughs> yeah. <Gosh>. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's the dirty side. Well, what was, what was your biggest complaint about this game? Like Kinda, if you, if you could it's pick... pretty short, I think. Well, the, um, the complaint or the really? game? What? Okay. I think so. What? The Nemesis system makes it feel like it's a bigger game than it is, but really... If you just power through the story, it's very short. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, I thought that I had almost gotten to the end of the game, and fortunately there was a whole second half, but I was really about to just be extremely disappointed with what there was it's funny how much better the second half of the game ends up kind of laying out too i was gonna say like the first half it i was kind of at the same point where i was like yes all right but then when you get to the second half the world ends big and it's vibrant and it's green and it's all the it's much colorful world there's water yeah the water there's more characters kind of doing things like the larger orcs you see them actually start kind of stalking around and things of that nature i I thought that was an interesting play just kind of going that direction yeah yeah i mean if they ever do make a sequel to this game you know i'd be curious to see what they would want to do with it because it's tough i mean it's almost like with their title in a way they wrote themselves into a corner because i i feel like it would be kind of bad to have another game take place in mordor itself also like it'd be it'd be really hard for them to have another ring wraith half ring wraith character like you'd really have to kind of get creative with it like i think the mechanics and stuff work but yeah like obviously they would have to put some contrivances in there so that it was like you know you can't do the ring wraith jump and slam thousand feet down to the ground because it doesn't matter because you are a ghost i don't know i'd be curious i mean obviously it seems like it we liked it enough that it'd be cool to see more of it but it's would we want it to take place in Mordor, or would it be better to take place in like Middle Earth: colon, Shadow of the Shire? Yeah, or, so, or yeah. like, or like maybe Moria. in like the city that <laughs> the city that in uh, the third Lord of the Rings movie has been destroyed that they're like desperately trying oh. to hold on to. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. before it gets destroyed, something right. like that. You yeah. know, there's all kinds of locales that they could use for it, but it's like. Yeah, how do you, like, again, what would that look like? And how would you, and would we, then it'd be even more like Assassin's Creed. Like, are there citizens still living there? Right. Like, right. I don't know. That's heading in a path that I certainly don't want. You know, <laughs> right. But. Yeah, it seems like they were already short on story and, and, and plot for a sequel, which they obviously set up the way that they ended the game. They clearly set it where they can go with the sequel. Just doesn't seem like they have much area to go with. And plus, like, you're already this powerful. Like, and Assassin's Creed falls into the same thing. I think Will complains about this a lot, too, is that you're already so super powerful then they, they have a sequel where you're that same character again but somehow you start from the beginning get metroided over again yeah which, which okay i understand like you have to start from the beginning you can't just automatically be powerful from the beginning it would be really you know boring game to play but it, at the same point you're just like well why did i have all these cool things before that i can do and now i'm playing the next 
you know iteration yeah. and back to you know sure i mean it's like any game like the infamous sure. whatever yeah. always yeah. has the yeah. same sort of thing one thing i do think though that this game did really well that it learned from games like infamous and prototype is that traversal is not a problem in it which you since you don't have a mountain stuff like that and it's a huge environment yeah. the fact that they made your character have like supernatural speed because of the ring wraith abilities and mm-hmm. the fact that you can quick time travel like basically all over the place like that's really smart i know there are some people that are like super hardcore and want to do all that themselves but like man like to me the faster i can get through it the better like travel times to me is like the worst thing in an open world game whether it's gta or anything i don't want to drive a car even like when i play la noir that game has the option that you can hold down the button and your partner will just drive i'm like i never drive myself (laughs) (laughs) it's the worst well and even if you're you're able to quick time to one of the towers the fact that even as you're running and like as one of the perks you get where you can just as you hop over objects you get like a speed boost which yeah. turns it into almost like a mini game that was really yeah. smart yeah, yeah yeah i like that i was like it adds a little bit to actual traversal but since we all seem to like the mechanics well enough we like the actual play we like the movement is not necessarily a sequel but taking it in a different ip taking the mechanics lifting it and dropping it in another world is that a way to go, although... I really a- liked it with orcs. Mm. Like, I don't think with comic villains... Well, I would also lose the procedurally generated vibe, I think. Yeah, it, I it'd be tough. it'd be tough. work, but that would explain a lot. I mean, yeah, you could do it with, like, you know, you play as Daredevil in a city and you're taking out stages of crime bosses or something like that, and they all work for Kingpin or something like that. Wait, no. Wrong universe. <laughs> Marvel. <laughs> I mean, Whoops. something like... Arrow. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Not Kingpin. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Warner Brothers has the DC stuff going on for them. So yeah. that's a tough thing. I mean, financially, there's almost no chance that there's not a sequel to this. But, like, how does it work is the yeah. big question, right? Oh, yeah. I, you don't want to lose the brand recognition, right? Now you have Shadow of Mordor people are starting to pick up the name. I mean, people, obviously, we're still talking about it four months or five months after release. And if you do drop it into another universe, you've just lost some of that well, cachet, right? I need a little refresher. What happens to your character at the very end? That is what I was going to ask. But I, so, can't, I can't actually remember. Um, so you, you kill Sauron and then... What? The hand, not Sauron. Or the, okay. the, yeah, the hand, but yes. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 the, the, Sauron takes him over. The Sauron manifests like, it's, like, yeah. Yeah, right. it's like his avatar. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is not Ganon. No. <laughs> no. That would leave several movies pointless. <laughs> uh, but as far as I remember, um, like you're sitting there, you're talking with uh, Celebrimbor, and like he's basically almost gonna just be like, "Okay, we're done," and because you haven't actually fully defeated Sauron, he's like, "Are you serious that you can just go away and pretend like even though you're in a position that you could possibly stop him, that you're just gonna go away and do nothing?" And so he comes back into you, and it's basically like you're okay, not looking so- at the. Okay, so it leaves it that way. I could see that, like, maybe a sequel then would be, like, Saruman turns evil and stuff like that. You're still working in Mordor, sadly. Yeah. You'd probably be, like, helping do things, like, even if it was, like, oh, like, I I mean, I could see them shoehorning things in, like, the hobbits are at the gate, and you know they're at the gate, and they're going to get caught, but you're killing these, these orcs. So that they don't ever get seen uh, as they're like doing the climb. Like I, that, you I know, know, I yeah. know where you're going. With but that, it's yeah. like that way they can still make it a sequel and make it fit within a you're timeline. Kind of the shadow yeah. that's been helping them. Along, exactly, but know. they never know it. You will never be known. You know, oh, to, I, I could see them going that way too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, that's just like where my mind goes immediately. Hopefully, yeah. there's someone more creative than I am, <laughs> like thinking about that. You, you know, know, I, I honestly know that that's where they could go. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that would be. I mean, like the way when I when I saw the end of it, like kind. 
of like one of the last things that you say is that you're oh, trying to go kill Sauron. Yeah, and I really hope that that's not the way that they'll go with it because yeah, like, we already know that Sauron's not going to end up like he's going to come back. So it's like if you end up making that your sequel, you know what's going to happen at the end of the game. Like even if you do yeah. somehow kill him, you're going to know in the back of your mind, well, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the worst case scenario is a game where they're like. And then when they go and defend that one wall, like, you were there, too. You were just there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you dressed up in some fucking armor like a dude and snuck in. Like, it's the ultra retcon where you're in every scene. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like that would be the worst. Um, but I could... And this you know. is where Frodo drops the ring and you almost grabbed it. <laughs> exactly. It could happen. Hopefully, that, that would be, like, the death of the, yeah. of the yeah. franchise. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. That's worst case scenario. Yeah, so I mean, but I would rather, much rather see them take the mechanics they have and adapt it to a different license, but they probably won't do that because, like you said, once you build a franchise, you want to release games in that franchise. What so, license right. would you like to see these in? Uh, I mean, I think the the go-to one, obviously, since they're WB Studio and next year, DC is releasing, like, how many movies they're doing? They're doing, like, a crazy amount of, like, you know, they Marvel announced their Catch campaign and then, and then DC announced their big old campaign. So I'm You've been keeping up that with that, right, Brian? Yeah, no, they're, they're releasing a lot, which I, I mean, I gotta imagine they're gonna come up with something like that because though they already have the Arkham series, so I don't know what if they're going to do a lot of movies because like the Arkham series is so good, and with Arkham Knight coming out, like, totally. But like as they're leading up to a Justice League, you know, there's some bean counter at at WB who's like, oh, how many characters are in the Justice League? And there's a Batman game, so why isn't there these other like eight games? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. right. well, Greg Miller on Kind of Funny was saying that he thinks the end of Arkham Knight is going to be. Superman comes into the picture and says, like, oh, you know, uh, you know, Bruce, do you, do you need my help? And he's just like, oh, go away. But that just leads right into a Justice League game, you know, art sure. style. Like, so um, next year, from a DC movie perspective, you have Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and right. then you also have Suicide Squad. Wow. Um, yeah. A Suicide Squad yeah. actually would be sure. cool. That could be cool, yeah. I'd see that just for the, yeah, that's curious. Yeah. That, well, because they're bad guys, so it would make sense why they'd be violently murdering people. Right. You know, and then... And then going and doing these missions together but then it would be much more like i can't see how it wouldn't be more mission driven yeah. right well then we have to you know we have time right as i say this was came out end of september of last year so mm -hmm. you assume a two-year development cycle and you're looking at 2017 i mean a superman open world game would be cool like i mean no one's ever done a good superman Ugh, game superman yeah game it's tough terrible. superman yeah. 64 I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> but I just feel like, you know, because Superman with a nemesis system would be kind of interesting, Yeah, you know, like whether it's like you're just trying to keep Metropolis clean and there's these guys. But again, I don't think one of the biggest, coolest things about the nemesis system is yeah. the branding. And I don't see how you could do that. <laughs> could yeah. we? You know what I mean? Super branded. <laughs> yeah. It, could we also see it this? It drives me crazy how splintered the DC universe is. Marvel has this extremely coherent all around the Marvel Cinematic Universe where everything, all the TV shows, all the movies, they all tie it in together. And then for DC, there's like the the Arrow Flash universe, there's the Gotham universe, there's the the Arkham universe, and it. Oh, I think they're just they're crazy. trying to do that, right? That's why they did like the New Fifty Two, and they've yeah. like done all these retconnings and stuff yeah, like they. They, they want to try and they want basically they want to emulate Marvel's yeah. success, but yeah, I agree. Like at this point, I find it too intimidating. Whereas, yeah. like I agree, like Marvel Marvel nowadays, you kind of just know where everyone stands. Like if you've watched the Avengers, you now know where the, where things are standing, and then now they're going to progress from there. I don't know. Could we see this as like a a Star Wars type game as well? Like if you're like a Sith and 
journeying uh, on. Yes, but unfortunately, EA gonna... owns the rights to all Star Wars games. Yeah. So. Oh, you didn't beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, no, so all, there are lots of Star Wars games in development. Right, but yeah. They're, but yeah. they're all EA games. Battlefront's uh, coming out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It does make sense as a superhero, like the whole nemesis system. Yeah, if you were like... Professor X in a wheelchair <laughs> and mind controlling people, you know, you're and like, then the... you could brand him with your mind control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, just the lamest superhero ever. Or they, or to be Literally. fair, like they did with, with this guy in Celebrimdor, they could just make up a new DC superhero. They could from scratch. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And, and now he's a mind manipulator guy and yeah. they literally just copied the mechanics verbatim. Yeah. I mean, I could see that and they just call it whatever, like, Blah, 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 Justice League, colon, Justice League, and, mm-hmm. you know. Middle um, Earth, colon. And then, and, then, and, then, and then in whatever Justice League movie they make, he just appears with his arms crossed in a, back, in a scene for a second. You know? <laughs> that way he makes sense. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I just so see the uh, superhero you make up, so you just see a guy just, like, dressed in an all-green suit, some generic guy in the that's, arrow. That's uh, Green Lantern? That's <laughs> super guy. He's a super guy. Exactly. I mean, t- it would be really cool to see these these mechanics freed from a license in general and just applied to a completely new game. Well, you have to I imagine mean. that other developers are looking at it. And they're oh, like, yes. Uh, There's no doubt that, that this sort of system, after its success and the fact that it adds all that replayability, yeah, like I, the fact that yeah. they can make like a six-hour storyline but make a 20-hour game with this, they'll be like, ah, oh, that's a really smart We're system that, that just too. makes all this gameplay for us. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Assassin's Creed, whatever. That's yeah. they'll just pull right back. Do you have anything else to talk about? I do. Oh, um, but I want to hear a list of your gripes. Oh no, no, I, I, well, I'll get to gripes. But I, I'm more interested in, and kind of interested in Anthony's take on voice acting. So yet again, Troy Baker <laughs> is our voice, dice and one. the hand was Nolan North. Oh, was it? Was yeah. it? Really? Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm interested in your take. I about missed Nolan Troy North. Baker everywhere. <laughs> Troy Baker everywhere because. To some extent, I mean, he's talented. Yeah, I'll give him that. But I think it also is definitely like a, if you, you know, when you work at a press outlet and you're getting 100 emails a day, it, you 90% of them, you look at whatever the title of the email is and you delete it. You don't, it doesn't even get a chance, right? So it's like, you're looking like, is this one of like the top traffic driving games? Well, then I'll hold on to it for a second longer. If it's not, you're just going to delete it. And then when you open that, if it's something like, oh, there's, you know, this guy's doing the score, like, you're just going to delete it. But what you're looking for, since you're always there and you're looking for the next story you can put up, I think for them, they're like, Troy Baker is noticeable enough now for the roles that he's had, especially with the success of The Last of Us, that they'll write a story about this. Like, so that's why, to some extent, it's that he's successful, and to some extent, it's that someone was sitting there thinking of a headline that they're going to be able to get. Like, so they were like... We wait six months after the trailer, and then we need like a little uptick in awareness, and we'll say Troy Baker, and they'll be like, "Okay, Troy Baker, we'll write about it." Do you think like, that's why voice acting kind of works in waves, like Nolan North back in two thousand nine, whatever, when he was in Prince of Persia and Uncharted, and yeah, for other hundreds of. And I'm sure right now too, it's also that Nolan North is like busy doing. I don't think video games are necessarily the most lucrative voice acting you can do. Like they're not bad, but for the sheer amount of time that goes into it before yeah. it releases. Whereas I'm Nolan North, if you look at his IMDb, he's like super prolific with cartoons in mm-hmm. every cartoon, every Marvel animated, everything. He's just in all of that stuff. So it could be just a matter of scheduling too. But I think for now, it's it's definitely a little bit of, uh, for lack of a better term, star power. You know, that yeah. there's like a name attached to it. I mean, literally, Troy Baker has been in pretty much everything lately yeah, it's crazy say, yeah like, far yeah. cry 4 well just like last year so pagan men in far cry 4 
He's Delson Rowan uh, Infamous. He was one of the main characters in Advanced Warfare. He's yeah. Italian he was in the Shadow of Martyr. He's the main character yeah, the in Advanced main. Warfare. Yeah. yeah, even his likeness. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I actually, that was the one thing I actually kind of liked. I'm like, oh, so we get to see what Trey Baker actually looks like. Yeah. On, you know, and Last of Us release, Bioshock yeah. Infinite. Like, yeah. And like, both of them are going to be in Uncharted 4, Nolan North and Trey Baker. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, there, there's the voice acting world is very small. Yeah. So once someone finds someone that they like and someone they think is good and, again, someone they can get a headline out of. Yeah. You, you were know. talking about trying to get into that for a while, weren't you? Yeah, but it's like it is super hard. Like I have a deep amount of respect for people that can do that. Plus to do a really wide range of characters. Like Nolan North is way more talented than people think. Yeah. Like They're always like, oh, he's just Nathan Drake in real life. But he's also like weird robots. Like I think he's the voice of the evil guy in all the Ratchet and Clank games. Like oh, the like uh, Doctor yeah. Nefarious or yeah. whatever, like I think that's Nolan North. He has a really good range, so he's he's actually like, and I think that that's something that a lot of people overlook. Troy Baker may very well have a really great range too, but for now, Troy Baker is just told to be like Joel in everything he does. <laughs> like just be Joel again, you know, you're you're gruff, you're gruff seasoned dude who's with a chip on his shoulder. Do that again. I mean, but he did do actually. I'm not I'm not giving him credit because he was a really good Joker in oh, Batman. Yes, I forgot yes. about that. That's right. So, series, yeah. yeah, he did a really good replacement for Mark Hamill. So, so uh, one of the next ones we were talking about doing was uh, Spec Ops. Who's the lead in Spec Ops? Nolan North. No. Uh, yeah, you're right. Shit. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Holy shit. Do you got anything more, Nate? Or do you want me to go into my grapes? Oh. Your grapes? Grapes. No. Grapes. Oh, did, did anyone say grapes? Uh, <laughs> I heard, I heard grapes. <laughs> We can go into your I, grapes, I guess. I hope you're too negative on the because I think everyone here really enjoyed it. Not Brian. No, that's a common thing that happens. Like I remember uh, that we had to like redo a one-up show or something at one point because it was like Mass Effect and everyone really liked it and we reviewed it really highly. And but in the video, it seemed like everyone fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait! Can we do a thing where I read your gripes and I interpret what I think you think? <laughs> My notes are so gar- like jumbled. You're That's never gonna see them better. You're not gonna make out like, half of what, what are gripes or not. <laughs> it's not gonna work. Trust me. I hope he's writing in like weird runic script, <laughs> like well, triangle, winding. circle, circle, square. Well, some of these are just regular notes. Some of them are gripes, and you won't know what you wish. Okay, fine. It's in windy. <laughs> yeah, it was a ghost. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime someone lives with an animal to derail you for a second, it's a little bit like you accept the fact that your home could be burglarized. Yeah, and and you won't act on it yeah like anytime i hear something in the night fall i'm like it's probably just the cat it could be someone really <laughs> accidentally knocking something over i'm like i'm gonna get murdered <laughs> i did feel it was a uh, big mashup that pseudo you know they took a lot from both of those i mean especially batman i thought the arkham series like the whole fighting was just like no i, I was like that's a lot of arkham like you're you're in the yeah. middle there's a ton of guys around which don't get me wrong i like the shit out of that i mean it's I'm griping about it, but I like it, so I wasn't, you know... I, I mean, there's a com- it's a complex thing, right? You want to make combat that's like, how can we make it so that if you're a really competent player, you can be awesome and feel like you are you are rewarded for the fact that you are really good, but at the same time, make something that can sell 5 million copies potentially and, and reach an audience that is, like, crappy. Yeah. Like, that's, the, you know, it's like, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, us sitting in this room are like a sliver of the people that are going to play it. Like, yeah. you know, like most of the time with most video games, like less than like 10% of the audience that buys it finishes it. And yeah. then like among yeah. them, like, you know, a lot of them are actually pretty terrible. Like, that's the thing. I think so. I lose perspective all the time that I'm like, 
and I would go to like even video game events, I'd be like, man, a lot of people are just fucking bad at games. They just can't play games. So like everyone in here, the fact that you completed it, like you should feel like you can have a little bit of like elitism right now. Yeah, Alberto, can you tell us about being bad at games? Hey, oh, hey, no. hey. So based on the trophy data, it looks like 33% of the people have finished Mordor. That's crazy. Wow. That's, good. That's really high. That's, That's good. huge. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting metric of a game's success. Is that PlayStation trophies or trophies and achievements on Xbox? So that was just on uh, PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah. PS4. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. good if that... that that's too... Because sometimes it's that people can't finish it, and sometimes it's just that they're like... They move on. They're like, eh, you get tired of it. Yeah. So. I think everyone, at least I know everyone here, has a pretty limited amount of time. So actually getting to the completion part of a game, it, I do, it happens rarely for me anymore. I played on Xbox One, so if these don't if these don't exist on PlayStation 4, just correct me. But uh, So there was bugs that I, like were noticeable. Like So I jumped off one of the ledges to a different roof, and my character just started, like, and I was holding the stealth button. My character just started freaking out. He was just, like, shaking. And I uh. literally couldn't get, I couldn't move. The only thing <laughs> it kept, the only thing it would allow me to do is it would start to move horizontally a little bit. And then eventually I fell off the roof. <laughs> but I was almost ready just to hit the reset button because I was like, oh. I experienced one bug in the whole game. Uh. And that was, I jumped onto a rail and landed, like, 10 feet above it and could just move along it normally. And then at the end I fell down to the ledge. Yeah, but I didn't have any. Both of your issues problems. sound like, uh, like collision issues. Like yeah. someone yeah. put the volume wrong. Like in his case, they made it way too tall. Mm-hmm. And then in your case, it was probably like you landed perfectly where two collisions were like coming. You know, it's almost like a if like a you were in a house where the boards had started to bow, and so they were they were meeting unevenly, and you would stub your toe. Like, but when your character stubs his toe in that way, it's like the physics start to flip out. Like I don't <laughs> know if you've ever played a game and seen like where you've killed someone so hard in the game and they ragdoll like into the wall yeah. and then yeah. they start flipping out and then eventually they go flying yeah. it's because yeah the physics calculations start going nuts and then they just freak out and throw them eventually so it's good that you were able to get out of it without just being like because I couldn't believe I got out of it I was so shocked at it. <laughs> were there more colli- it wouldn't make sense if there'd be more collision up like incidents on one platform than the other would it uh, it, it actually could matter like uh, so since that game that I worked on Daylight for instance, the engine versions that we used were different between, like, it was the same content, but the engine on one was at a different version than the engine oh. on the other. And so it suffered from lacking certain things. And so if there weren't, if they were behind on, like, physics stuff or something like that, it could be worse on one or the other. So, and that does happen because at some point, when you're getting closer and closer to the done, you have to, like, branch off and make that this is the yeah. Xbox branch, this is the PS4 branch. At the point where you're, like, at least we won't have to... You wouldn't do it when you were still, like, writing story or something because then you'd have to write it three times. But, yeah, there's a chance that, that, that there could be one that is much worse off because hmm. of that. It felt like the PS4 version was the one they were intending, mostly biased by the fact that in the office all the dev kits were on PS4s. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's probably to be expected considering at the time, at least, the PS4 had a much more significant market share lead i don't know if uh i can't i don't watch i don't watch enough regular tv to know but i don't know if if it was one of those situations where sony was pushing it it as a ps4 game you know like in the way that like destiny was comparing this to assassin's creed i think the big difference is in assassin's creed they make a specific point about the things that you can climb and in past games where they were mostly all cities it was nice because you could climb almost anywhere in the latest iterations Rogue is the last one I played. Like, there were very... Unless you were in a city, there were very specific 
things you could climb, and it was almost more like Tomb Raider in, if you can climb this, there's going to be a big old handholds white and handhold thing on it, right? So I really liked Mordor because you could climb yeah. anything, anywhere. It, yeah, just hold down the sprint button and like Assassin's Creed, you're just going to traverse. Yeah. That was really nice. It almost yeah. felt more Assassin's Creed than Assassin's Creed has lately. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a yeah. fair point. Brian, what's up? What do you hate? <laughs> Everything. Oh, well, one thing I really... Which happens in a ton of games is that there's parts of the of like ground or, or terrain that like they stick out. So like okay, there might be like were they rocks? Running. Yeah, like rocks. The, or the something. rocks that oh, literally they stick out of the ground. You don't move over them the way you should. So like say you're moving backwards, where you don't see the rock, and the rock is very small, but your character gets stuck, so it doesn't go over. Whereas in real life, you would feel the rock, you would move over. You know, and I trust me you were nuts. <laughs> Like, yeah. whoop. Well, you could do that too. I don't mind that. If like, okay, I, I would mind that. No, <laughs> That'd no, be terrible. No, Worst I mean, Lord of the Rings game ever. No, I mean in a game, if that happened, like I, I'd see that as being more realistic. Like, oh, if you if you move and you hit this part of like that's jutting out or something, and you trip, that's fine. But I just like, oh, it's like, ah, oh, it just sticks you right there, and you don't move anywhere. You don't move to the side. You don't move over it. You don't move anywhere. And and then like there'd be points where I was trying to run away, and I would get stuck, and then they would just kill me, and I'm like, ah. Oh. I died because you know, like of the terrain, and you know, it happens like, in tons of games. It's not particularly it's like you back this into game. the wall kind of thing. Yeah, but it's not a wall. That's the He's thing. saying it's like a like a an ankle high boulder that yeah. acts like a wall, or like something jutting out from the side of the yeah, the wall or the ground or something, and like you just hit it, and you get stuck. Like in real life, you wouldn't be stuck. You would, you know, like if I hit like something jutting out, I would feel it, but I would still probably just go. I would just go around it because I would just be my momentum would just take me past it. It's funny. Yeah. I was just yeah. reading a book, The Magicians, but they were talking about these fake little bars on the top of the roof that were supposedly like a wall so you wouldn't fall off, but they weren't really tall enough to actually prevent you from falling off. Yeah, they were like, like <laughs> um, knee height, so it was a much better height for you to go tumbling off the roof <laughs> versus actually prevent you from falling. And it's kind of, you yeah, know, what yeah, that exactly. feels like. The side objectives, I know it's just there for like more experience, but like they were just so pointless to me like there'll be points where it'll be like okay you're trying to sneak into this place and and kill them but you know kill this uh, boss or whatever but then they want you to do it where you have to first kill three orcs with the bow and arrow and i'm like okay i understand it doesn't stop you from beating the mission but it's just like oh can we come up with something more like tie inside missions to the game better so you wanted more story involvement kind of thing not even necessarily like, story, just more cursory. things that just would work with the mission. It just seemed like they just arbitrarily picked, like, oh, okay, well, this mission you're going to do, we, you know, your side mission will be bow and arrow, and this one will be stealth, and this one will be, you got to brand orcs and have them fight. But it just seemed haphazard. But so looking for, like, a more clever way to use the mechanics. Because, I mean, when you're doing those missions, yeah. it's very clearly set up, like, all right, maybe the person has been going through the entire time and doing the jump over and then... You know, killing the main enemy. But here they're like, all right, you're going to have to use the dagger or you have to use the bow and arrow or whatnot. Yeah, but yeah just for the side mission. It just felt like it was just... For, they, they just did it. They just randomly picked something that, for that. You know, it, it didn't feel like it flew with... like it fl flew, fl You know, it had a flow to the, the main mission. Like, oh, okay, this one's a stealth main mission. So we're going to give you a stealth side objective. It was like, oh, it's a main mission, but this one you're going to also need to brand five orcs. And it was just like, okay, well... 
I don't really see the reason I would be doing that other than I just want the side mission completed and I'm OCD and I want, you know, <laughs> I want yeah. to do everything. What like. game that's open world have you played that you really like the side missions in? That's a good Besides question. Besides the hilarity of the Sunset Overdrive, collect the objective icons. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, Sunset Overdrive. That's a good uh, That was a good one. I feel going. like, I mean, I liked them in Far Cry, but it was just because... Far Cry's were takeover bases, and so right. you didn't have to do it, but it allowed you to clear out the island. Or I liked hunting, just because the hunting missions were, for some reason, really fun to like take out. I don't know why that is. Hunting games in general are really stupid, but in Far Cry, they made it, yeah, it was somehow like interesting. Yeah, I think it's because there was a there was an in-game benefit to it. Directly killing these things meant that I could carry more ammo for these guns and stuff like that. And I don't really feel like there was a great benefit to doing the side right. quest, other than experience. Yeah. You got some experience and stuff like that, but it wasn't like if the side quests like cleared out parts of the world, I think that would make a big difference. And that, that would, make would be them something a lot, good because like, yeah. it would make a very noticeable difference in the world after the mission was yeah. over. Yeah. Something I think that's what the problem, of course, is that you have to leave Mordor in a shitty place at the end of this game. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah, true. It, that's yeah, a, because yeah. in the you're tied with the story, and Mordor doesn't become this great place after you <laughs> before the Lord of the Rings. And then I think my last one was um, again. I don't know if this was in the PS4 or not, but why can't you restart a mission? Like, why don't they have a restart mission button? Yeah, that was kind of. Uh, I was like, there's so many times, like you know, like it would either be a side quest or like a regular quest, and like you know, you had to do it like stealthy or whatever, and or like I just you know I wanted to get everything so I could still complete the mission, but. I want to restart it because I want to get the, the side mission. Oh. But there's no button to just restart back to the beginning of the, that mission. You had to just leave fail the, the mission yeah. and, then go, and then it brings you back to one of the towers. Then you have to walk back to the mission icon, start the mission all over again. I'm like, so many other games you can just sit, restart mission and it'll just bring you right back to it. I imagine that was probably something they would have liked to have done, but it was like a... We got a, a it would be nice feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, unfortunately. I, mean, it, I just hated having to go back to a tower... You know, and then usually, like like you were saying, like fast travel from that tower to the tower closest to my mission marker, then doing that mission. So, Craig, I'm kind of curious, what was your kind of experience, exposure to Lord of the Rings in general, and how do you, do you think that this game benefited from being part of that universe, or would it have been better in, in a different IP, as we were kind of talking about earlier? Well, I think just baseline experience is the three Lord of the Rings movies. Like, outside of that, I've never read one of the books, and I've never... Um, I haven't paid any attention to any of the Hobbit trilogy that's been out what? recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> it, just, it just hasn't been part of the... Interesting. We should compare this to the Hobbit fanboy over here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it actually helped give the characters a really sense like of direction. Like the art style and the way that you present that type of character, I thought at least gave it a universe to sit in that yeah. seemed believable, that the violence seemed like it was in place also. It didn't seem like, you know, ripping the orc's head off, which, if you're going to compare to Batman or Assassin's Creed or something, like, those don't get quite as graphic. violent. Yeah, know, yeah. As graphic, graphic. And when all of a sudden, like... So, in one of orc the blood is... Things, or orakai blood is black, black right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, and that which immediately makes helps. helps. Yeah. 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 But all of a sudden, like, you're beheading someone within the first, you know, 20 minutes, and you're like, holy crap. Though it doesn't help that much, because my wife came by, and she saw me playing it, and she's like... Why is this game so violent? The thing is, orcs are like robot foot soldiers in the sense that there's no question that they're evil and yeah. it's okay to destroy yeah. them. Yeah. You know? yeah. They're Nazis. Is yeah, whereas like that... Assassin's Creed has to do the thing where it's like, you're only attacking the soldiers, not the civilians, because yeah. they're the ones that are military. Yeah. You know, like... yeah. Is it true that Uruks are possessed elves and orcs are possessed humans? I think that 
It's orcs are elves yes. that com- that were twisted over time by evil. Yeah. Yes, and okay. orcs are just a type of and or- orc. Orcs are grown from the ground. Yeah. They're actually Sauron's orcs. They're <laughs> okay. like they're like just a faction almost, and they're okay. like the strongest of the orcs. They're much more like aggressive, much more violent because they're bred. Uh, yeah. Essentially, grown. Yeah. Yes. So, being the only person I've ever heard that liked all three Hobbit movies, what did you think about <laughs> how this the universe worked for fun. this? Really? Now you back me up. A couple of them had Benedict nah. Cumberbatch. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and a dragon that didn't do it very much, just talked a lot. <laughs> but is Benedict Cumberbatch just cool? I mean, I so my first exposure actually when I was when I started playing this game, I was thinking about a, no dip, like completely different developing team and so forth, but was the Lord of the Rings Two Towers game on the PS2. It's <laughs> a good game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played that game. Yep. Yeah, and... Was that the one that was all, like, Weta, Super Giant? It was just a hack-and-slash game. Yeah, yeah. Really. Co-op hack-and-slash. You yeah. could play two-player yep. on PS2 and just you just defend the wall and stuff like yeah. that. It's, it's it was good. fun. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely fun. And, like, this took that to a whole new level. Like, I think that having those orcs with like their own different personality i like i honestly love that so much just the different personalities that each one had and then like being able to see them come back um in terms of like how it tied in with the movies i didn't honestly compare it too much to that like i was actually able to enjoy the game just for as it was and just being like okay cool like this is i get to now almost quote unquote make my own story of what goes on between the hobbit and when frodo goes out you know and his quest to destroy the ring. Do you feel like there's still more room in that giant universe to put another story? Definitely. I mean, there's a long time that happens between one and the other, so I could definitely see a lot of, like, they have a lot of freedom to do that. What they choose to do with it is all up to them. You could make up so much garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like how there's in the, again, the third movie, The Two Towers. Is that the third movie? No, um, uh, Return, sorry. Return, Return of the King. Return of the King. King. Yeah. In Return of the King. There's that giant army of mercenary people from the east yes. <laughs> that show up with elf elephants and stuff. The next game, Shadow Mortar, could be him trying to disrupt them yeah, in their yeah. eastern land. And now we've never seen it. They can do whatever they want with the art. You know what I mean? That's and, yeah. and, and so, yeah. I'm all in on that. I'm sold. Yeah. I kind of think of the uh, the Clone Wars cartoon is this huge six season long story arc of stuff that I had no clue was missing between the two movies. Totally. Mm-hmm. So I guess I could see that too. I yeah. think I think actually also a movie or not movie, a game of like even the story of the dwarfs because I feel like they're actually one of the few people in all of the even like the movies or the books that are just kind of like you hear about them. The dwarfs are the dwarfs are always talked about as being kind of like a boring part. Like they're just smiths. They they build a lot of weapons and like their their numbers are dwindling. I mean I guess you could do something like Anthony was saying. You could just make shit up as you go but yeah. uh i don't know even like a backstory like about them would be even kind of cool i guess but in, like a resistance but you'd have plot to do it like just dying you'd have to do it and, before yeah. like the hobbit because that that's, was I mean, more that's, like that's fine were, um, i mean i'm it pretty sure be like, the same thing as this though like you wouldn't have like talion like well no no but you can still use the same like the same mechanics and everything like i mean like the dwarfs by no means are gentle people <laughs> so like i'm pretty sure like it would be very easy to have them going around just Middle yes. Earth colon the, dwarf party. What, uh, what was, uh, who was the guy that wrote in that there was a hunter? What was his name? Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Torvin. 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 I love. I was, cool. was going to mention that earlier. Like, I love that they like he was the only dwarf in it, but I love that they brought him in because they're almost always overlooked. 
How about a this war of mine style plot in the hop in the Shire <laughs> after it's conquered? I don't think like so. a conquered Shire. Oh yeah. my yes, god! Yes, it sounds so crushing. Yeah, that could do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so unless I we have any other big points, I think we should go around and uh, think of what we would give this game for as far as score. Uh, right. How about you start us off, Alberto? Oh yeah, you're, you're not gonna guess what I'm gonna say. Oh, nine, oh, nine five. Nine five. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I would say actually probably about nine point four nine. Oh my god! Stop repeating, it. of course. <laughs> yeah, no, repeating. between like an eight five and a nine, I'd say like eight point seven five. Huh? Sure. Perhaps. Yeah, eight point seven five to bring back like from an earlier podcast, <laughs> a way earlier podcast or something, whatever it was that I gave it. No, because like I I really enjoyed the game. I really did. I can definitely see people that were like fans of Lord of the Rings wanting to play it and already having that someone who might not necessarily be interested in Lord of the Rings, like if they just kind of hear the plot of it, I don't necessarily see them being like, oh, I need to play this game. Like, it's not necessarily like a game that they feel like if you don't play it, you're going to be missing out too much in the grand scheme of things. Like, Mm -hmm. you're either going to be interested in playing it or not. If you do, I think you're going to get something out of it and you're going to really enjoy it and be like, okay, this is a hidden gem that I'm glad that I ended up playing it. In terms of hassles that I had with the game, like I didn't really have any issues with gameplay or i wasn't expecting more of a story like there wasn't really like a build-up of that for me so it was like the little bit of the story that i had was fine craig so there's one point that i wanted to touch on before i give it a score also and it's the little collectibles as you're kind of going through the fact that it highlighted things in the world as you kind of approach them as like hey you need this flower or something like that and kind of put a reminder so you weren't constantly like pulling up a world map I thought it was actually kind of a unique little thing where usually collectibles can become very tedious. Can we talk right. about those collectibles really quick? Yeah. Um, so there's a part of the the collectible where you are looking around it to find the marker. Yeah. Um, we just played Tomb Raider, which did that yes. far better than this game. In that game, it actually felt like you were looking for something hidden about the object you were picking up a doll and you had to like flip it over flip it over and find the little tag of the name of the girl who owned the doll something like yeah. that in yeah this, this game, is just an arbitrary point on yeah, it exactly. yeah exactly and while it felt like they were trying to do the same thing it like you said it was felt completely arbitrary there was no Spin rhyme or reason blue. exactly yeah. throw a stamp on it somewhere i will say though that on that note i think that they did with what they had they did do a pretty good job of it because like they did tie in both looking for that but then also using the Celebrimbor's I guess power is like how you would be hearing that message because like each one was like it did give some kind of story related to what object you just picked up like I remember the one that I remember right now is like you pick up a gear and it's an orc talking about like oh yeah this is one part of a machine or something like that and it like so it did relate to the thing that you just picked up and it wasn't too separated but I do get what you're saying like like just looking at it is kind of arbitrary. The I, other big collectible was that that arch. That I kept was finding cool. the pieces, and then I liked how if you got the specific pieces, he would read the, yeah. the elvish words that, that were a part really of the piece. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I felt like it didn't pay off. I finally got it all, and I saw the picture, and then nothing. I can't nothing. remember what you unlocked with that or anything. I, I, don't, I don't think, think there was anything. anything. I, I wish he would like stuff. walk through a door and give me a cutscene or something. I don't yeah. know. Gotta, I felt like achievement there was just something trophy, missing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess if I'm going to slap a score on it, uh, I'd probably, on a 20 point system, I would say 8.5. Uh, I'm a fan of the 20 point system. It's like a I was opposed when IGN went to the 100 point system. 
So yeah, I, would say, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I think if you're if you're gonna go to like a recommendation, like especially from someone that doesn't have that Lord of the Rings background, the as from a mechanically sound game um, that's interesting to play, the Nemesis system at least letting you create your own stories, which is something that's increasingly I don't know if it's rare, difficult to provide in a way that is immersive and something that seems natural. I think mm-hmm. it did a really good job at that. Yeah, I would also give it an 8.5. I think that, um, yeah, I don't have any original thoughts and I'm just <laughs> gonna steal the things that people before me said. Um, <laughs> it does a really cool job of creating like procedural storytelling, which I think will become a thing that game designers will look to other games for. And I think that's gonna be more and more of a thing. And I think this is the first example of at least a big budget game that tries that in a big way. And I think for that reason, this game will be probably remembered for a long time and I thought it was very cool how well they pulled that off um, and that's I think a, a huge reason to recommend it because I think this will be something we're going to see more of um, even just more than WB like applying other franchises to it I also think that it I think using the Lord of the Rings property it's not some Lord of the Rings isn't something I'm particularly passionate about I've read all the books I've seen all the movies, mostly all of the trilogy, definitely all the Hobbit. You've given them all the money, but you're not a fan. Yeah, I'm just I'm I think it's cool. Like they're just they're really well made and they're interesting and I think that using that license really contributed to the world building in this game. Like it really felt like this game belonged in this universe or like it it just felt right. Like the orcs felt like the perfect things to be destroying like we said because of the violence and uh so I think it all works out really well. So I would definitely recommend it to even people that have no interest in Lord of the Rings, yeah. as long as they're interested in, you know, sort of an action-y video game. If I was going to score it, I probably it, when I first played it, I probably would have scored it like a 9. Mm-hmm. But as I've sat on it for a while, I feel like it's more like an 8, and which is still great. It's yeah. a great game. Yeah. yeah. It is a really great game. But, man... The fact that I can't remember almost anything about the story <laughs> speaks volumes. Yeah. Like, I don't remember stories yeah. that well to begin with. But like I don't, I couldn't even remember the character's name yeah. when we before we recorded, just because it's all very not memorable. Yeah. Um, and I get that they did a really good job working within that license, but like the the game is basically the Nemesis system. Yeah. The Nemesis system is awesome. The story missions are whatever. Like unless they're benefiting my Nemesis system, I didn't give a crap about them. And the side missions, like we said, they're they're very con- they're like contrived to basically be like, look, use your bow. Like, and it doesn't. Do there's it. no narrative conceit even for it, and. I didn't feel like the rewards were necessarily good enough for, for doing it, but the Nemesis system and the way they handled the orcs, like I, I agree that it's going to be like the next way that people look at how you can extend yeah. a gameplay is like a gameplay indefinitely, like how how you can make it that work so that there's no reason, especially because when companies are increasingly concerned with EA's big mantra, which they've made good on, is that no game will ever come out without multiplayer because multiplayer, just the presence of it, even if it's a Mass Effect decreases the likelihood you will trade it in. Oh, I love and, this game's like and so, and so this game has no multiplayer, yeah. but it has this nemesis system, which yeah. in theory provides yeah. a reason to come back and just keep playing and playing and playing. Right. So I could see how that will be something that's like a, a new way of handling that. And for yeah. that, it's really cool. Did anybody touch the DLC? No, Not I, yet. I'm going to. Okay. I didn't even know there was DLC. <laughs> Would you? So. It looked bad. I was like, uh, it's the, the big one was like the hunt where you could just like you and Torvin would hunt more like monsters and it just seemed like souped up versions of the monsters that, you know, like the categories and the, the grogs that were in the... You get to control the ghouls now too, though. Yeah, and the ghouls, from, yeah. I saw from the trophies. I so. Yeah, I did. That's the same thing. <laughs> like, would, would we call this game next gen? Like, I feel like this is the first game that actually does something that 
I feel even remotely comfortable applying that label to. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, the reason the Nemesis system wasn't on the current, like the Xbox 360 and PS3 one was because it couldn't. Yeah. So, so I think by that very nature. Yeah. Finally, yeah. a reason to use that buzzword. Just I mean, it was it was away. the first game that I bought in a long time since like launch that I was like, oh, here's a game that's like exclusive. Like it felt yeah. exclusive, even though it yeah. wasn't. Totally. Yeah. But the other ones were so delayed in release yeah, that it was it was like they were like yeah two or three months out. So yeah. hmm. which actually for them probably benefited because if they had a mix in messaging between those also of people trying to have conversations about the Nemesis system across platforms. Yeah. That could have been. It could have been bad. Yeah. Um, let's see, for me, so I'm going to also go with an 8. I really like the game, I mean, you know, like, yeah, and an 8's not a bad s- score. I do feel it suffers a little bit from definitely the story. You know, it almost felt like they could have just taken this Nemesis system and just put it anywhere else and it would have been the same. Like, they would have, I think they would have had the same success. Like, that's, that I think was the, the core of the game. And the Lord of the Rings story was just kind of some afterthought that was just thrown in and you know they obviously used it for licensing because some you are going to draw some people who just know lord of the rings and they're like oh it's a lord of the rings game i'm just so into it i'll play it it's a known quantity so i guess it's easier to also um you know market around but um you know it did kind of mash up a little bit of assassin's creed and arkham and i like that in a way because i like those game i like those style of games um i thought it did some things better than them it followed a lot of their cues so um you know i mean i think they did a f- overall fairly good job. Well, yeah, I'd like to see where they go from it. I'd, and I'd like to see where they take this nemesis. For me, I'm thinking 8.5. Personally, I think 8 is kind of the mark of pretty good game, functional, does what it's planning to do, no bars against recommending it to other people. And then everything past that point is the kind of, is this special? Did it do something extra and excite me? And this was just kind of okay. There were a couple of little things that I th- I would recommend over just um, the average game. And the Nemesis system was that one thing, and it was kind of interesting, but um, I'm not sure if that alone is enough to sell the game for me. So that's, um, well, again, very confident, very good game. A little bit special, so eight eight five is what I'm thinking. Is it interesting? It feels like all the little details were well done and spot on. Like it felt like all the voice acting was really good. All the cutscenes were well done. Like everything about the story was really well done. But somehow it totally manages to be unmemorable. And I feel like I don't. I can't think of any other games that do that. Like even like the the lip syncing was pretty good. Like all the graphics, the fidelity was there. Like even just like the branding, how like your hand moved with their face. Yeah. Like all the little touches were there, but. I liked how your 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 handprint when you branded them really stayed cool. on their face. I think it was very indicative of a game whose mechanics were developed first, and then they had to figure out a storyline to match it afterwards. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what I was saying. I I almost like the story was just second thought. Like it's like the first group. Borderlands. The first Borderlands story was yeah. was complete <laughs> garbage. Yeah, it was. And it, and it was because they even when I asked them about it, they had made the game, and they were like, "This is cool loot mechanics." And what do we do for a story? I, I don't fucking know. There's like a, a vault and the monster. I don't know. <laughs> just end it, like. So yeah, cool. Anthony, you want to plug your stuff before we go out? Uh, if you guys want and you're listening, you can check out Comedy Button. Uh, it's a it's a podcast not about video games, but it's in the video games category, so you can figure that out. And uh, <laughs> and then I do have a podcast about video games called Rebel FM. So go check it out. The rest of us you can find at emotivepixelspodcast.com and Facebook Emotive Pixels and all the other stuff. Twitter, missing anything else? Twitter at Emotive Pixels, etc. And so forth. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys.